0: Good morning. morning. Earlier in the day, Pastor Dave had texted me. I didn't see the text until 12.30. I was here at the church and got home a little bit after 1. Studied for a couple hours and wrote a sermon, bulletin inserts and projection screen. Uh, So I'm excited to be upstairs with you, and I brought the kids upstairs too. Uh, So we're going to have some fun there. Before we get to the message, I'd like to recognize two individuals, part of our AWANA program in the TNT. These two young men are described to me as memorizing maniacs. They have memorized and completed four books this year in TNT. At this time, I would like Briggs Erskine and Ethan Teeters to come on up. You can give him a hand. There they are. Obviously, spending time with God is important to you two young men. We want to recognize your hard effort, your work that you've plied. Mr. Briggs, this is the Timothy Award. Thank you. You're most welcome. Good job, man. Mr. Ethan, the Timothy Award. These guys have worked really hard to accomplish this, and I'm very proud of them. Both of them have come through the children's ministry, and I, I got to be a part uh, of the process of joining mom and dad in their spiritual growth. Can I pray for you too? All right, My father, I pray for Briggs and for Ethan. Lord, as they've begun an awesome journey with you, hiding your word in their heart. Father, I pray for them as they continue to grow and continue to go on through uh, North Hills here that we can come alongside, we can help to encourage them and that they can be the young men of God you've called them to be. Father, this desire to learn your word and to hide in their heart, may it never depart from them. May they learn to love you and walk with you every day. We ask this in Jesus' name, amen. Good job, gentlemen. Oh, I'm sorry, guys. Come here. I was wondering where you were at. All right. Face him. Thank you, Steve. Good job. Upstairs, you're in a series in the game of life, right? Well, Dave said he wants to continue his sermon that he was planned for this week. He's going to finish it, do it next week, and continue on with the legacy later on. So he goes, you've got to come up with something with life theme. Okay. As I thought about it, began praying about it, Today we're going to look at troubles in life. As you saw the bumper here, the last like 40 seconds here, it actually took an hour and 15 minutes of us playing life. Now Leela and I had a trouble to begin with. Neither one of us had ever played life. So what you're not seeing very goodly on the uh, video, only last 45 seconds, we're stopping and reading instructions. Leela had... Had done it prior to it. we are going, wait a minute, we don't understand what's going on. And she helped us along. So the 45 seconds you see on the, the bumper there took us an hour and 15 minutes to actually do. But if you play the game of life, you see that there are many troubles there. Let me come on down the board here. You have a decision to make. You're going to go to college or you're going to go into career. If you choose college... Final test for the term paper needs to be turned in. That could be a trouble. Uh-oh. Getting married. That could be a trouble. It is expensive. Especially when you come around here and you see that your wedding reception cost twenty thousand dollars. In case you don't know, mine did not. <laughs> 200 was ours car accident pay $10,000 Skateboarding accident pay $5,000 in my case Put your horse in the horse trailer. It kicks the the panel comes back and breaks your arm a trip to the ER and surgery pay $42,000 life is full of troubles today we're going to look at those troubles according to God's Word I've called this troubles in life got a question for you what did Jesus mean that we will have trouble in this world or in this life you think he was preparing us for what was going to come I do In John chapter 16, verse 33, Jesus said, I have told you these things so that you can have peace because of me. In this world, you will have trouble. Does anybody disagree with that? Probably not. We've all experienced trouble of some kind. But Jesus said, be encouraged. I have won the battle over the world. If we remain in him, according to John chapter 15, we will have his peace no matter what troubles may come our way. All over the earth, there is always someone suffering, praying for relief and for peace. Oftentimes, we only see what is presented in front of us. What we see sinks into our minds and can work its way into our hearts right now this earth is still going through troubled times you can say amen if you want <laughs> we are therefore peace has been replaced by fear this last February I was in California and my son and my daughter-in-law when they did their COVID wedding that no one could attend It seemed like the entire state was in a state of fear. Peace has been replaced by fear because the only thing the world can see through this is trouble, and that trouble brings fear. Jesus, the Son of God, went through hell on earth to give us peace beyond this world. So if Jesus did that for us, And is still alive today in us, then we have no reason to fear. We have peace because Jesus is our peace. John chapter 14, verse 27 says, I leave my peace with you. I give my peace to you. I don't give it to you as the world does. Don't let your hearts be troubled. Do not be afraid. Does anybody live with fear? I have. It can rob you of the peace that I know that God wants us to have. Do you remember the Apostle Thomas? He was not in the upper room when Jesus first appeared. And he told him, I don't believe it. I saw him die when I see the nail prints in his hand. When I put my hand, thrust it into where they put the spear, then I will believe. And instantly, Jesus appears. He says, Thomas, here they are. Put your fingers right here. Put your hand in my side. And Thomas said, my Lord, my God. Jesus said, you believe because you see. Blessed are those who believe and have not seen. First of all, we're going to look at believing without seeing. Psalms chapter 9, verses 9-10. This is a Davidic psalm. David writes, the Lord is a place of safety for those who have been treated badly. Anybody can you agree with that? I can. He keeps them safe in times of trouble. Lord, those who know you will trust in you. You have never deserted those who look to you. If you go back and you look at the front of your Bible and you see the heading above chapter 9, it tells you that David wrote those words after his son died with Bathsheba. His son with Bathsheba died. If you've lost a child, you know a severe heartache like I do and Joanne. Can we, like David, Look beyond the pain that we are going through, the trouble that we're feeling, and see that the Lord, he knows us. And if we trust him, he'll He'll never leave us. He'll never desert us. In Matthew chapter 8, verses 1 through 4, Jesus is coming down from a mountain. And many people have followed him. A man with leprosy comes to Jesus and says, if he was willing to heal him, he could be healed. And Jesus said, I'm willing. Be cleansed. Can you imagine Jesus saying to you in front of your face, I am willing. Peace and joy probably overcame this man who had been suffering for however long he had this disease. God had a plan for this man. Now not everyone that goes through trouble will have that same result. This does not mean that God's not willing to do a miracle in your life and in my life. In fact, Jesus did not do miracles and heal everyone. So if God is willing, are you and I willing to let him come take control of your life and of my life? Even if you do know not, if you don't know what tomorrow will bring in Matthew chapter 6, a familiar passage to most of us, part of the uh, Sermon on the Mount, Jesus said, put God's kingdom first. Do what he wants you to do. Then all these things will also be given to you. So don't worry about tomorrow. Tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day has enough trouble as his own. Now, I'm asking you to be honest with me. How many of you worry about things? A few of you do. My wife is down in the nursery right now. I hope she raised her hand because she does worry about a lot of things. And I want to tell her, you don't have to worry about it. Focus on doing what God wants you to do. And all these things are going to work out to his glory. Jesus said in John chapter 14, do not let your hearts be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. Then again in Psalms 34, another Psalm of David. David wrote, I looked to the Lord, and he answered me. He saved me from everything I was afraid of. There's been many things in my life that at the moment it happened, it filled me with fear. I was afraid until I started thinking about it. The more I thought about it, the more I realized, hey, God's got this. And I can trust in him, and him alone. We looked at believing without seeing. Now I want to look at something else. Having faith through troubles in this life. We've already said we're going to experience troubles. Jesus promised that. He often spoke in parables or stories. And these parables were difficult to understand, even for the disciples and the people that followed him. In John chapter 16, the Bible says, a woman, when she's in labor, has sorrow because her hour has come. But as soon as she's given birth to the child, she no longer remembers the anguish for the joy that has been uh, being born, uh, of a human being being born into this world. Do you remember, gentlemen, When your wife had her children, did you experience excitement leading up to it? If you were in the delivery room like I was for all four of my children, sometimes we experience things in that delivery room that we never expected to happen. Our first child, both Joanne and I were very naive on what to expect we, went through, we had begun going through a childbirth in class, and they recommended this book on what to expect in childbirth. Well, there were many chapters in it, and we had gone through one birthing class. There were three chapters that I was supposed to have read, and I was waiting for Joanne to finish the book so I could read it. And Joanne went into labor one month early So we're like, okay. Well, we don't know what's really going on. She told me I was on a genie lift putting uh, streamers up, that she couldn't stop going to the bathroom. I'm like, then go to the bathroom. <laughs> and she went off. And my secretary came out. and She said, Michael, your wife's pregnant. Yeah, I know that. She can't stop going to the bathroom. Uh, I'd send her to the bathroom. That's probably her water broke. Her water you need to come down. So I came down from the genie, from the genie lift, and I load up Joanne. We're going to head to the hospital. And then we remembered that this book said that we needed to bring snacks. It said so in the book. So we went to the grocery store. And we had a list of things that we needed to get. And Joanne went, you take this list, and I'll take this half. Okay, so we are in the grocery store, and Joanne calls out, okay, it started. I looked at my watch, and I'm grabbing these things, put it in my cart, and a few minutes later, she goes, okay, it stopped. Okay, she's having labor pains a minute and a half. Okay, we got time. So we go through the grocery store, we get this list. And we go to the doctor. And by the time we get to the doctor, Joanne's dress is totally soaked. They don't even let us into the room. The lady takes this tape, and she touches Joanne's dress. And she goes, that's embryonic fluid. Okay. She goes, go to the hospital. Oh, okay. Now, we were living in Houston. We had to drive downtown Houston, go in the hospital district. And we walk in. And as soon as they see Joanne, they rush her off the triage. I'm thinking, great. I have three chapters to read. I've been through college. I can speed read. And I'm flipping through this. And uh, Okay, I can do this, yeah. And I read all three chapters in about maybe 10 minutes. And this nurse busts through the door. And she goes, Mr. Hall. Oh, yeah, it's me. She goes, you need to come with me right now. Okay, so I walk back there, and they go, here's your wife. And they throw this package at me, and I put it down. I not know what I was supposed to do with it, and Joanne is having a contraction. Well, this book told me that I'm supposed to help her breathe. So I was like, okay, now breathe with me. Now, Bonnie's grinning at me. I'm going... Now, if you talk to Joanne, you'll hear a different version of this story. She will tell you that she gently moved my face away. If you asked me or the nurse that was standing there, it was not a gentle moving. She slapped me. He's like, she was. I can't breathe. You're breathing in my face. Okay. Well, prior to me getting in the room, they asked Joanne if, if she wanted an epidural. She said, no, I think I can make it. And they said, well, if you change your mind, let us know. Well, after that contraction of the next, Joanne had changed her mind. And she said, I want an epidural. Well, until this time, there were people in the, all over this well, area in the labor and delivery room. I stuck my head out. There's not a person there. And I turned back to Joanne and said, they'll be right here in a moment. The first person I saw said, get me someone in here now. So a few minutes later, someone comes in and they look at her. And they said, okay, we're taking you right now. And Joanne goes, I want an epidural. She goes, it's too late. And my wife said, you told me I could have an epidural. And the lady said, you don't understand. The baby's coming right now. And my wife's demeanor changed like that. She said, oh, okay. <laughs> 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 what? <laughs> you went from yelling at this nurse, you've just <laughs> walked in the door. To, oh, okay, we're ready. And they start wiggling around. out. lady looks at me, she goes, you were supposed to put that gown on. So I rip it open. I'm putting this also on. I'm putting the booties on, put the hat on. And there was this packet I was supposed to scrub my hands, and I went, throw it. And I walked into the labor, into the delivery room with her. And I remember that Joanne was having a horrible time. But as soon as the came count, she was all smiles. She forgot about the pain she was going through because she now had the precious gift of a child. what Jesus was talking about right now. The troubles that we're going through right now, they think we're we think how severe they are. But someday we're going to look back and say hey, that was just passing. I have a hope that's eternal. In John 16:16, 16, 16, Jesus spoke, "In a little while you'll no longer see me, then after a little while you will see me." These disciples didn't understand what Jesus was saying. In fact, They would not understand it until Jesus appears to them after his death and resurrection. Throughout our lives, we will have circumstances that we will not understand at that moment. But later, maybe God will reveal to us and have us understand what he was doing all through those troubles that we were going through. That child I'll talk to you about in the labor room and Joanne yelling at the nurse and then say, okay, well, she was all fine. He only lived 15 hours and God called him home. It's the toughest thing I've ever been through as a Christian, as a man. I'd never wish that on anybody. For six months, my wife was angry at God. Why would you take my child? I had no answer for her. Later on, I realized something I'd never thought of. You might have heard this story before John 3:16. God loved us so much that He gave His only Son. There's nobody in this world that I love enough to let my child die for you. Now I would die for you. I'd step up between you and me. I would take the bullet. You and my child. See ya. <laughs> my child is not dying for you. Now, that's not the reason my son died. But God showed me through that trial how much he loves me, how much he loves you. Let me give you an example. In my life, I found out that my life, wife was diagnosed with cancer. Some of you have been there or going, or there right now. Now this story goes back to 2004. When Joanne was pregnant with Chrissy, our youngest daughter, we were so excited. We were expecting to have another child. We were hoping for a girl. We knew it was in God's hands. But after having Chrissy in the hospital, and Dr. Bonnie was our doctor, Joanne became sick. And it got worse and worse. this developed into pneumonia, and Bonnie ordered a uh, x-ray, and she said, okay, you have pneumonia. She's treating her for pneumonia. Well, they send the x-rays down to Cheyenne Radiology afterwards, and it came back and confirmed the diagnosis. Yes, she does have di- uh, pneumonia. There's also a spot on her lungs. Six years prior to Christina, my son Daniel was born, and while Joanne was pregnant with Daniels. began spitting up blood. One of the doctors, not Dr. Bonnie, said, well, it's probably acid reflux, and treated her with Pepsid for six years. It wasn't acid reflux. It was a medium-grade, atypical carcinoid tumor. 98% of the time, Always benign. My wife is in the top 2%. I knew that. <laughs> it was malignant. Dr. Bonnie sent us down to a surgeon down in Cheyenne. Uh, before we left, Bonnie asked me a question. She asked me, Do I have my affairs in order? What does that mean? She said, Do you have a will? What? Uh, no, we don't. We go down, we meet with the doctor, sets up the time, we go in for the surgery. The day before, we register. And we had to sign this piece of paper that we knew that there was a possibility that Joanne would not survive. That hit me like a ton of bricks. Bonnie had tried to prepare me for what could happen. And I think, this is... Horrible the possibility of I might lose my wife this trouble that we were facing was intense That night in the hotel We prayed for the surgery for the surgeon for the medical team and that everything would come out and With tears in Joanne's eyes. I tried to comfort her. I told her it's going to be okay. I didn't know it was going to be okay. But at that moment, I had a peace that overwhelmed me, that even if God took my wife, it was going to be okay. I tried to share that with her. I don't know if I helped her at all. She went through the surgery. And in case you haven't figured out, she survived. and. Now, 16 years later, my wife is still cancer-free. We still see Dr. Bonnie go to the test and all that stuff to make sure. But it taught me something. We do face troubles. And sometimes they're overwhelming. But even in those overwhelming troubles, God is there. Jesus wants to give us his peace, if we trust in him if we put our faith in him, if we give him control, no matter what the circumstances, the outcome might be, he is still king. He is still God. He is still our loving Savior. Through all that, Joanne and I became closer to God. We've learned to give our worries to Jesus. Okay, at least I do (laughs) most of the time. we will have many troubles while we are here. But Jesus said that in him, we will have peace. John chapter 16, verse 33. So as we remain in him, we will have our peace no matter what. Troubles may come our way. John chapter 15, remain in the vine, remain attached to the Father. So what does this mean, Pastor Michael? This peace will remain in our hearts even though troubled times come. Even when this world hates us. And the world will hate us because they hated Jesus first. Again, John chapter 15. So continue to have faith. Persevere through your troubles. God is there with you and he won't leave your side. We're going to look at one last verse. Romans chapter 5. Paul wrote, We have been made right with God through our faith. Now we have peace with him because of the Lord Jesus Christ. Through faith in Jesus, we have received God's grace. In that grace, we stand. We are full of joy. Because we expect to share in God's glory. We have a future glory in heaven. And that's not all. We have full joy even when we suffer. Are you suffering? We could have full joy even in the midst of that. We know that our suffering gives us strength to go on. And that strength produces character. Character produces hope, and hope will never bring us shame. I can stand before you and say, yeah, I've lost my son. My wife had cancer. In the midst of all the things we've been through in our life, God gives us his peace when we trust in him. Now, it's easy for me to stand up here and say that right now we're not going through any major problems. But in the past, no matter what we've been through, I've learned that God is with me no matter what. And if I can believe that, if I can remember what God has brought me through, whatever comes ahead of me in the future, I know, like David, King David, I can trust in him. He will give me Peace, if I put my faith in him. Let me pray. Father, I pray for everyone, each and every one that hears these words. I pray they'll give their troubles to you. I pray for the people who are going through these troubles that you will give them peace. You will give them endurance that they need. But overall, I pray, as Jesus did, that your will, would be done in all of us according to your plans that you might receive the glory. And I ask this in Jesus' name, amen.